Assalamu alaikum. Welcome, Sam. How are you? Alhamdulillah, how are you? Good, good, Alhamdulillah. I wasn't sure if I was going to jinx it again by joining the call. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so. I'm going to turn off video for a few seconds. All right, so. All right, I guess you could see the mayhem that's going on. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> All righty. <laughs> So we got Amen and Naeem. How you doing, Amen? Alhamdulillah, how are you? Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen. Good too. And there's the team captain, Fezan. Wa alaykum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. How are you doing, Fezan? I'm good, alhamdulillah. So the uh, MSA is getting excited about your tour through Jannah. <laughs> yeah, feel free to share as much information you can about Jannah so I can reuse it in a couple of days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm excited too. Inshallah, it should be good. Yeah, inshallah. Alrighty, y'all remember where we left off? Uh, I'm just turning on my computer, so I don't okay. have uh, it in front of me. Uh, but if anybody else does, feel free to jump in. Sorry. Oh. Alaikum. Waalaikum wa rahmatullah. I like your office there. It's really nice. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you got the executive suite. <laughs> yeah. And I like how you're in Chicago and it's daytime and everything still. Uh, yeah. Is that the company you work for, Coronas? Yeah. I got it. Yeah, we do have some like Loyola backgrounds that I should probably use. So the last thing that we, um, one of the things we talked about was this question. Uh, this is prior to our um, physical meeting. We talked about when Allah chose uh, the Prophet as a final prophet, did he because of his greatness or uh -huh. because... Uh, because he was chosen, he was great. Um, mm -hmm. It's about the discussion. And I think we had a similar question we didn't address about good deeds. Are they good because Allah Subhanahu directed us towards them yes. or are they inherently have that good? So that maybe we can okay. start. So I think we're at the part where Socrates says, come then and let us examine what we are saying. That thing or person which is dear to the gods is pious or that thing or person which is hateful to the god is impious. These two being the opposite of each other. Okay, I think that might be where we're at. All right, so we never got into the actual discussion, did we? About like uh, Allah choosing the Prophet, peace be upon him. Um, I don't think so. I mean, I don't, I don't um, have it in my notes. Yeah, I don't think we did. So it's two questions then. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. <clears throat> the fact that Allah chose the Prophet, peace be upon him. Was that because of his greatness? Or is it the fact that Allah chose him 
that made his greatness? Very, very common philosophical question. How would you answer this? I mean, at one level, it's a stupid question. But the point is, is not the actual answer. The point is, you know, how do we explore it? What do you all think? Amen. It's tough because it's a slippery slope. I'm trying to think, all right, if I say it's because Allah is great, I don't want it to mean that it takes away from the Prophet mm-hmm. But, um, I mean, by default, we know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is obviously the greatest, um, greater than anything, all of creation. So um, definitely being chosen by Allah, there's a, there's definitely something there. Okay. Um, but <laughs> it's a slippery slope to think about. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I'm gonna say something borderline blasphemous if I well, go I mean, through with it, but it won't be the first time we did something like that in this class. <laughs> so yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I would say you know to start uh, at a baseline that you know uh, Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala is obviously the greatest, and <laughs> Him selecting the Prophet um, definitely. Because Allah chose him, definitely has, uh, you know, makes the Prophet uh, uh, definitely a great being. So right. I'll just keep it at that. <laughs> Osman, right. what do you think? I think um, I think there's a pattern of how Allah Subhanahu wa Taala chooses his prophets based on their character. So I think him being great in his character is what. I would say, I mean, if you want me to answer in that way, I would say that's why he was chosen because he was really great at, you know, his character. Faison, what do you think? Um, Definitely share the same thoughts as everybody else. Um, But um, I would say that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala choosing him to be the the final messenger um, adds amplifies his his greatness to a level that um, is kind of untouchable. So I would I would lean into that one. Sure. Oh. Uh, Ashur Naim, what do y'all think? You guys might be busy. No, no, no. I, I wanted. I was actually going to ask you to repeat it because, yeah, like you said, it's a little bit a little tricky, but. I don't want to say like what everyone else has said, so I want to think a little bit through. So can you so basically rephrase it? <laughs> so Allah chooses the prophet, peace be upon him. Uh, yeah. Did Allah choose the prophet because of the greatness of the prophet? Or is the greatness of the prophet because Allah chose him? So it's almost like we're asking which one's the cause and which one is the effect? I mean... Someone else can jump in here as well, but I would definitely say that Allah chose the Prophet from Allah's greatness. Mm-hmm. And um, because at the end of the day, everything is because Allah Smada chooses it to be. Otherwise, it wouldn't be that way. So, yeah. you know, Allah Smada could have chosen a a different prophet to be the last messenger, but he didn't out of his greatness, out of his wisdom, and um, mm-hmm. you know, the, the all-knowing, the all the all-powerful. Like, so that would be my answer. All right, Naim, what do you think? I mean, I wanted to take a devil's advocate approach, but uh, I was thinking of a story that I heard in Sunday school way back in the day about how 
I don't know how authentic it is, but I think the prophet was playing with a couple of kids when he was like four years old. And then Angel Jibrail came and uh, opened up his heart and cleaned it up through mm-hmm. all this command. Yeah. And going by that sort of story, like uh, the prophet at four years old, I don't think he would have the agency to like be his own good person at that age. Whereas this story would imply that like it was Allah that like mm. made him great. But again, I don't know how legitimate the story is or how it's generally taken as as fact. Okay. Yeah. Uh Shazan, what do you think? Uh yeah, I, I would agree. I think um like the Prophet Salam, like I think even before Prophethood, right? He had those characteristics of being honest, trustworthy, so on and so forth. But I think what elevated his status is when Allah chose him. So I think out of Allah's wisdom, he granted him that higher. Mm-hmm. Maqam that you know we know him by or else you know he would not be as revered um if he wasn't chosen by Allah. Mm-hmm. Uh I would agree with all of you that uh we do regard the prophet peace be upon him literally as the greatest of all creation. Right? I don't even know who number 2 would be. And nevertheless that Allah chose him as the prophet is the greatness of the prophet peace be upon him right it does not decrease his greatness that allah chose him to be it does not decrease his greatness you know of the fact irrespective of him being chosen but it is allah choosing him that is his greatest greatness so now let's change the question those things that Allah tells us to do of good, similar question, are they good because Allah tells us to do them? Or does Allah tell us to do them because they're good? And you'll see where we're eventually finally getting to with these questions. This one, I felt like I wanted to lean on the other side more. Okay, Those actions in and of themselves, they have like some greatness and uh, you know, between relationships, society, individual, whatever it may be. So, like, uh, I'm thinking, obviously, they're they're blessed and they're great because Allah SWT told us to do them. But like, if I had to lean on one side, I uh, in my head, I was thinking like, like there are people who are not practicing Muslims from the the ibadah perspective. Like, maybe they don't pray, maybe they don't do other things, but they would want they want uh, many times uh, not everything in Islam, but they want many of the same values that Islam uh wants us to, to do in practice at a societal kind of level and interactive kind of relationship level um they want them because there is such good wholesome goodness inside of it um so for that one i was i was leaning more towards that side all right other thoughts anybody usman what do you think do they call you usman or usman at work usman alhamdulillah yeah, yeah. i try to correct them <laughs> yeah good nice um i'm conflicted because in one way i want to say um the actions are good and that's why Allah tells us to follow them but Allah made those actions good right I, I kind of think of it as you know an alternate reality what if you know black was not black was white white was black like you know it could have been right I mean maybe ceiling was okay but Allah SWT said no it's not good because he set that framework mm-hmm. okay and your thoughts Amen Shizan Usher Naim you, you you were asking um, 
like are we do we only do good because Allah has chosen it to be good or just in general like is good good because of what we're taught yeah this question so basically if Allah says to do something is it because it's good or is it good because Allah tells us to do it I think um I'm sure you'll probably you can probably I don't know what the actual answer is but I think in like my understanding is is like we only give it goodness like Osman said because Allah chose it to be yeah. an action of good so I think whatever good we do is because of what he's destined it to be okay all right so a question for you all uh why are we not allowed to eat pork because Allah said so that's the bottom line right we can give all kinds of reasons, you know, trichinella in the meat or what you eat, your dietary restrictions influence who you are social with and all those things. But the fundamental reason is because Allah says not to eat it. Because there are other things that are horribly bad for us that Allah does not prohibit. We might by analogy say we can't do them. Right? Obviously, they had smoking back then right um, and then likewise uh, why do we have to pray or why do we have to pray the prayers that we have to pray because Allah said so through the prophet peace be upon him right Fazan, this does not negate your point right that especially becomes relevant when we get into issues like interpreting or by analogy what it is we're supposed to do, not supposed to do. Then we're looking at the merits and the detriments of whatever the action is, right? Because um, we're not going to be able to say, okay, Allah tell us says cocaine is haram, you know. Mm. Yeah, those are good examples too with the pork and uh, praying and stuff because mm -hmm. there's no way that we can really justify it aside from being... Yeah. Now, what, as a principle of sharia, yes, that if Allah tells us to do something, we assume that its completion is beneficial for us, not just in akhirah, but as well as dunya. And then if Allah tells us to stay away from something, our assumption is that staying away from it is beneficial, not just uh, in terms of our akhirah, but also our dunya. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. <clears throat> so... So bringing this back, let's see if I can do a screen share. And it's been so long, I've even forgotten how to, oh, there it is. Okay. I literally forgot how to share screens. Screen share. Boom, can you all see it? Okay, let me see if I can move it over. Is it um, the MIT? Yeah, the orange or the yellow, yep. I mean. Yeah. Yep, yep. Perfect. Whose voice was that? Uh, I'm sure, I'm sure. He has the same voice that he's had since. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's sure. Cool. All right. So, oh, wait, did I just lose the place? Um, okay. No, we'll, we'll just start right around here. Let's see. How about uh, Amen? Why don't you be Euthyphro? And Usman wants you to be Socrates. Are we here or are we much further down? I think this is right around here. 
uh, my notes, it's yes, Socrates. I thought so. It was certainly said. That's where he stopped. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. Okay, which I think was almost the same location. Okay, perfect. Okay. Yes, Socrates, I thought so. It was certainly said. And further, Euthyphro, the gods were admitted to have enmities and hatred and differences. Yes, that was also said. And what sort of differences creates enmity? Enmity, right? Yeah. Uh, and anger. Suppose, for example, that you and I, my good friend, defer about a number. Do differences of this sort make us enemies and set us at variance with one another? Do we not go at once to arithmetic and put an end to them by a sum? True. Or suppose that we differ about magnitudes. Do we not quickly end the differences by measuring? Very true. And we end a controversy with about heavy and light by resorting to weighing the machine. To be sure. Okay. So I'll stop right here for a second. Uh, if we have a disagreement in terms of Dean, how do we figure out who's right? What would be our steps? I mean, you'd probably go to a sheikh. Um, yeah. But I don't know if it's like right or wrong, because depending on what the issue is, then, you know, there's many different opinions held by different scholars and schools of thought. So yeah. I uh, I guess it would depend. But generally, uh, I think we'd go to a sheikh. Yeah. If I'm thinking, yeah, yeah, if I'm thinking nowadays, too, we'd probably go to a sheikh. All right. Any other thoughts? Yeah, like probably like a like a third party, like Eamon said, like either a scholar or someone that can be an intermediary that um, can work between the two people. Okay. I feel like nowadays um, a lot of people they'll like search for something and they'll find like a hadith online or you know they'll find some explanation and then they'll kind of develop a tunnel vision and they'll say, well, I already know because look at the hadith. It says that like, it just literally says that word. So it has to be that, but you know, there's a range of applications, a range of acceptable uh, interpretations and, you know, other, other knowledge that's not maybe put into that equation. Um, so I feel like sometimes people kind of take a do it yourself approach. Um, and that's, that's a common thing that I've been noticing. Hello, mm -hmm. Just to add to that, so in, in the matter of Dean, you go to someone who I guess would be a person of knowledge, right? So like Eamon said, a scholar, but if it's um, if it's like a like a, a dispute or, or what it, whatever it may be, I feel like you you go based on the situation and whoever would have the most knowledge in that situation. So if you go online and find a, you know an opinion that that helps you, um, that might not be the most just ruling in that case. So, all right. Anybody else? Um, I'm just trying to think. Like, if I'm a, like an 18 year old kid that grew up on like TikTok and stuff, I'd probably go to TikTok and look for yes, um, everyone's opinions on there. So, uh, I think Google and TikTok, and maybe even asking like questions to some shiuch on Instagram is the way to go. Um, I just feel like for us, we'd probably go in person to a traditional sheikh, but others might use these other platforms and applications. So just trying to think of uh, different ways. Yeah, whenever- you know, Speaking of that, uh, yeah, oh, ahead. sorry, go ahead, Asad. 
No, I was going to say, I, I, yeah, I read something, I saw something on, uh, ironically enough, on Instagram. I don't know, do you know, uh, Professor Mazzuffer, do you know uh, Imam Tom? Imam from, like, Tom? Yeah, he's like a convert. He goes by Imam Tom on like, Instagram. He's no, from like the Northeast. But uh, he's like, yeah. uh, uh, he's a part of the Akeen Institute too. He like writes for them. Um, so he wrote, he said something like, he was talking about disagreements and he was like, he's like in like the West, he's like, you know, something happens, you go to court so on and so forth, all these things happen. But he was saying when he was in, uh, I think it was in Saudi Arabia, he said like, he got into a car accident and he said like, they went to the judge and the judge was like, okay, you guys go outside for 30 minutes, figure out what you want to do and then tell me what you decide. So he said they just decided amongst themselves and came back and he said, as long as you both agree, there's no like punishment or fine, like whatever you agree upon, just go on and do it. So I don't know if that's a common practice in like Muslim countries or if Saudi Arabia is like an outlier, but um, that just came to mind about like mm. disagreements among people. That's interesting. Omar, what do you think? If we have a conflict between two parties in matters related to Dean, how do we address it? Um, we can't hear you. And he looks so I think Omar might be just listening in because I know he said he was going to join during lunch break, so he might not be able to talk. Oh. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Oh, there you are. Uh, I think it depends. Honestly, I think it's... Um, it kind of echoes what everyone else is saying. I think the nature of the modern world has sort of skewed so many um, like anchor points that I think maybe traditionally people used to have where I think the, I think it was a very sort of linear thing that, that happened in the past or in the pre-modern world, right? You had set sort of touch points you would go to or you would escalate to. But I think now it's such a, it's like an array of, sort of references you know that we have where like like you know other people were saying like you know you could appeal to a sheikh but then that person's like well i i don't rock with that sheikh or you know they're not with my sort of way of thinking etc cetera, etc cetera. so i think it's a lot um it's a lot harder unless the the two parties are like joined by some you know smaller association outside of just their islam i think it's very hard to find a like an arbitrator they can agree with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is basically what it comes down to, right? What I thought was fascinating is none of you guys, you YM people, none of you guys said we go to Al-Quran and then we go to the Sunnah and everything. No, you guys, the actual practical answer is you find somebody that you both trust, right? And if you cannot do that, then you have someone advocate for one person and the other person advocate for the other person. And then those two people hash it out. Yeah. Okay. So back to this, let us continue. So this big paragraph. But what differences are there which cannot be thus decided and which therefore make us angry and set us at, set us at enmity with one another? I dare say the answer does not occur to you at the moment, and therefore I will suggest that these enmities arise when the matters of differences are the just and unjust, good and evil, honorable and dishonorable. Are not these the points about which the, which men defer and about which when we are unable satisfactory to decide our differences, you and I and all of us quarrel, when do we quarrel? Uh, you're uh, 
muted. Yes, Socrates, the nature of the differences about which we quarrel is such as you describe. And the quarrels of the gods, noble Euthyphor, when they occur, are you of like nature? Certainly they are. They have differences of opinion, as you say, about, about good and evil, just and unjust, honorable and dishonorable. There would have been no quarrels among them. If there had been no such differences, would there now? You are quite right. Does not every man love that which he deems noble and just and good and the hate the opposite of them? Okay, let's stop right there. So just before that line. Um, <clears throat> in terms of uh, morality, what are things that you would regard as probably universal in morality? And then what would be some disagreements? What do you think? Can you say that again? So in terms of morality, let's say we, we had a list of every single religion, every single culture. Where would we guess that they all agree? And where might we expect disagreement to happen? What would be possible issues? I think daily life, you know, everyday life, you know, just, I don't know how to further define that. Um, just generally what we in life in our society deem good and bad, people will generally agree. Right. Any other thoughts? Or even think of certain behaviors where everyone would agree, yes, you need to do this. Or you should not do this. I mean, I'm... kind of like what Osman, I'll go ahead, Faison. No, go for it. Go. No, I was going to say, kind of like echoing what Osman said when it comes to things like treating others with kindness or helping others. You know, I think generally any you know, common sense person probably agree that, you know, yeah, we should do that versus belittling others, you know, putting others down in generally, regardless of religion, most people will say, yeah, which is probably encompasses being a good person, so to speak. As I'm going to say, yeah, very similar. I don't know if it's because we're, you know, in a country that has like Christian roots, but a lot of the things that are kind of Ten Commandments style, um, I think generally people like murder, stealing, that kind of stuff. I feel like everybody will agree. Yeah, that's a that's a no no. Um, mm -hmm. And then um, the things that Shazan mentioned is, yeah, I think we agree with that. Mm -hmm. Anybody else? You know, I would say also, I guess where we would differentiate when we say something is good is in how we execute that action, right? An example is, I think all cultures agree that you know we should do our best to take care of our parents when they get older, right? In the US culture, what they say is, okay, I mean, they're in the nursing room, hey, I'm paying the bills, I'm taking care of them, right? But in our culture, that's not, we say, no, we, know we have to physically take care of them, live with them, make sure, interact with them, right? Attain, um, you know, be there for their needs, in person. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, in the general principles, everybody probably agrees. Like, you need to speak the truth. You should not kill. You should take care of family. And then the disagreement, one, just like Usman said, is often in the process. Uh, two, 
is often in the quantity, right? Three is often in the exceptions. Like when is it okay in our tradition to lie? How would you answer that question? Uh, isn't it under duress? So if your life is in danger, uh it's uh the general principle is that it's acceptable to lie what else uh when you want to uh, like reconcile between both parties yeah you have two friends that are fighting and you can fib as a way to get them together now think about that point <clears throat> what if they find out that you lied what if they're friends now that they find out that you lied i think generally People tend to, if they've gone to to the lengths of like forgiving someone or not forgiving necessarily, I guess, but just if they've gone to the lengths of like reconciling, I think it's it's usually harder to like um, split them apart. They might be mad at you, both of them, but yeah. not they won't split themselves apart. Yeah, this is part of the idea here, right? You're actually fibbing in that case as a means to bring them back together. And then it's almost like then you're coming clean after the fact, right? Once their hearts have reconciled and reconnected, then it's uh, then you're bringing them together. You can also lie if it'll protect somebody else's life. So when we're taught that war is deception or deception is okay in war, the principle is that lying is haram, killing is haram, but lying is better if lying can, can uh, divert from bloodshed, then lying is good. Right. So basically, the exception is you can lie if it'll save your own self. You can lie if it'll save other lives. You can lie if it'll cause some sort of reconciliation, inshallah. Yeah. So it's basically this idea where you're doing an evil with a good, with the result assumed to be good. Somebody was saying something. Yeah. Can you hear me? Uh, barely. Let me raise my volume. Yeah, I was going to say... Was it Abdullah, I think it's you, bro. Yeah, you, can you hear me at all or no? Barely. Okay. I'll, I'll give me a second. I'll, I'll regroup. I mean, now you're louder. You're louder right there. That's better. Oh, okay. If you can hear me, I wanted to ask um, yeah. if it's okay to tell white lies. So... Have it here. Give me a scenario. Like a loved one who is self-conscious about something asks you like does this dress look look fat you know if your spouse says married men what do you say amen if your wife says do i look fat in this outfit what do you say you say absolutely not osman fezan anyone else what do you all say depends if you depends if you want to sleep on the couch that night or not (laughs) (laughs) yeah if you need a break you say yeah you say what what Hold on, hold on. I gotta get him. Yeah. Nah, bro. I lay it out, man. <laughs> really? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, initially I'll kind of say it, but then a few minutes later I'll be honest. <laughs> yeah. So, I, especially on the cooking, man. I mean, you don't want to screw yourself, bro. <laughs> you, you got 30, 40 years. You got to make sure he's a true, he's a true Daisy, bro. <laughs> he went right to cooking, he went right to food. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
but there is a principle there is a principle that in for that type of issue yeah you can but you also have to look at the long-term consequences this is if your wife finds out that you lied you're dead right so but as a principle yes it is a thing and of course there's a famous case i don't really consider it a lie but when we're teaching it it's it's called a lie where the pharaoh uh takes uh all the women and uh it's like he basically takes all the married women and then they come to ibrahim and his wife and so ibrahim says this is my sister and so then pharaoh's like all right that's different <clears throat> and so the idea there is ibrahim she is his sister in humanity and sister in dean but he hid the truth Okay, but the, what is the principle here? The idea that we're, the, or the question that we're raising is that there are some elements of morality that are, fair to say, universal. But where do they start differing? One is in the process, one is in the quantity or intensity, and in like, you know, how severe of a lie. And then one is in the exceptions. When is it okay to kill? Uh, on the battlefield? Uh, yeah. What else? Uh, punishments. Mm-hmm. And so like, would you say here, like, oh, sorry, yeah. I was gonna say. What were you gonna say? No, I was gonna say uh, probably falls in line with one of them in terms of like self defense if someone like breaks into your house type of thing. Yeah, and in in all those cases, self defense might be a little bit different, but in all the other cases, there has to be some. The general principle is that there has to be some authority sanctioning killing like we can't be vigilantes and decide all right this person is apostate death you know okay okay very good let us continue let's do a little bit more but as that's the one right but as you say or no does not okay yeah does not every man love that which he deems noble and just and good and hate the opposite of them okay very true so oh, this one is also an interesting point. And this is more of a subtle point about what we might call psychology. That think of your actions that you do. Uh, whether they are haram or not, but you know, we'll speak of them as halal. Do we by default regard our actions do we no let me rephrase it like like socrates do we love our actions what do you think can you think of actions that you do that you don't love in the act of doing it not after the fact course maybe what'd you say i don't know like uh you know for people it's usually things they don't love is like busy work or chores stuff like that all right and those might be yeah i think that's a good example yeah i'd say like definitely like growing up like if your parents told you to throw out the trash or do something like you didn't want to do it like you hated doing it in that action all right (laughs) So maintenance things, 
uh, my disciplining kid. your kids, mm. like you know, yeah. yeah, yeah, that is definitely not pleasurable. So, what else? I mean, we like so. Uh, I don't know if this is this this concert or not, but like, there are certain actions that um, I would do in the past that I know they're good. They're commanded to do them, and I felt good as I'm doing them because I'm doing something good. Uh, but sometimes you feel like um, it's deficient, uh, like even the thing that you're doing because you know you could be doing a lot more. Mm-hmm. And so um, I, I feel like uh, I don't know if bad is the right word, but like something that it doesn't have that same necessary feeling. Um, because I know, you know, I should actually be doing a lot more of this, actually. So, If you are willing to share, only if you're willing to share, what would be an example? Like the Hajj is a good example. Yeah. Okay. All right. Anything else? What about when we are engaged in sin? Some sinful act. In the time we're doing it, do we like it or do we dislike it? Think of anything. Think of gossip. I mean, ideally, I think you would want to hate that when you hear it. Sure. You know, when you hear backbiting, you hear gossip, like you should want to hate that, like going to that hadith. So that's like the lowest level of Iman is you hate something in your heart. But I'd say kind of like, I'm sure definitely I have been guilty of like there's times where you gossip and like you don't mind it and then you realize it after like oh crap like i shouldn't have done that but in that moment you're just yeah after the fact but in that moment you're just kind of like oh like this is a a story i have to tell someone Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. would it would it be okay to also say like like for me sometimes it feels like it's not necessarily something i enjoy it's almost uncontrollable that i'm doing it you know like especially i've been thinking about this more in like my like new work situation where it's like where you're kind of like surrounded by it and it almost feels like you're pushed into it but it's not necessarily something like that you like oh my god let me let me do this i'm gonna enjoy doing this mm-hmm. yeah that sounds more like a coercion type thing coercion almost like by way of circumstance yeah because it's it's just yeah i don't know i can't like i i definitely can't say that it's something where like as I'm doing it, I'm like, I hate that I'm doing this. It's definitely after the fact, but it's also not something where I can say, like, as I'm doing it, I'm enjoying doing it, or I'm like, oh my God, I'm getting, I'm feeling some type of, you know, um, endorphin rush or something mm-hmm. doing this. Well, this last point is what I was going to lead to, but Fezan, what were you about to say? I was just going to say, I, 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 I feel like if, if it's emotionally charged in some way, whether it's like anger, laziness, lost some type of like emotion uh hatred like if 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 i'm thinking back to like times where um my emotions got the better of me i'm in an argument and i know like saying this one thing is gonna be more painful to the other person um i, I wouldn't say i enjoyed it but i did not enjoy it i did not enjoy it if that yeah. makes sense like i i said mm. it because i know it would be painful and my emotion was like oh you know i want to give them pain and so it fed that feeling and it yeah. was uh i don't want to say it was good but it wasn't bad and and yeah. I, so this, from this that from that perspective, about. I say like if my but there's other times where I know like as soon as I'm doing it, I'm like this is so wrong this is bad I feel bad in my heart I know I shouldn't mm-hmm. be doing this mm-hmm. um so I, I feel like it's it's different different times oh totally totally yeah that's fair you know 
So philosophers usually lay it all down to pleasure versus pain. That which gives you pleasure in the moment, you will often love, at least in the moment. That which gives you pain in the moment, you will often dislike. Right. And then you can invert some of these things, right? So let's say, you know, you really get into working out, right? And then you get well-structured and such, but you're working out and such. And so that's making you sore. It's making you hurt, but you're actually enjoying it. Likewise, you can do that with hearing criticism. The criticism generally stings, right? And it especially stings when you feel like you're being not assessed accurately. Right. Like I this I was having a conversation with a friend of mine, and somehow we got in the conversation. And he says that I like to be the alpha because I'm Professor Muzaffar. And I was and in my head, I was like, what are you talking about? I hate being the alpha. And right, it's just like driving me crazy that he's saying and thinking this even, right? And then I had to put him in his place because I am the author. No, no. So so the basic point being that criticism often stings, either the fact of criticism, but very often when we feel that we are being misread. But you can reach a point where you find criticism pleasurable. In the same way, you would find working out pleasurable. Does Does that kind of go back to like working on your nuts because that's kind of like probably at the at the core of it right is like the nuts doesn't like to hear anything that like is a critique of you Mm -hmm. yeah i'd say it's it's absolutely very much so right like when you can take on a disposition of self-improvement like a true disposition of disciplined self-improvement then you yearn for anything that'll help that and and that's like the universe where you'll find criticism as well as working out. They actually cause you pain, but you love it because you know it's giving you better. It's making you better. Cool. All right. Uh, let's see. Forty-two. Let's do a couple more lines, and then we'll we'll stop. But as you say, people regard the same thing. Some are just, and others are unjust. About these, they dispute. And so there arise wars and fightings among them. Very true. Then the same things are hated by the gods and loved by the gods and are both hateful and dear to them. True. Okay, so so the argument that Socrates is making to Euthyphro is that we can't rely on the gods to find out what is pious and impious because they all disagree with each other. But this other point I want to draw your attention to is that sometimes a disagreement is in terms of subjectivity. So, for example, war, if you're the aggressor, you're not going to be as much against war as the victim of your war is going to be, right? Uh, Even if both sides in principle say war is okay. If you are in a fight and you're the weaker party, then you're not going to like the fight. If you're in a fight and you're the stronger party, then you're often going to like it. And this is a point to think about in terms of subjectivity, right? If I'm on the receiving end 
then I'm probably not going to like something as much. If I'm on the beneficiary end, then I'll probably like it more. Okay, let's stop right here. Someone make a note that we're at, you know, and upon this view, the same things. Okay, any questions, thoughts, reflections? A reflection I sent in our in our group, just I think it's a really good takeaway to kind of rewire ourselves in terms of pleasure and pain in the moment, especially. Uh, and that's, I think, the hardest part, because then it's like in real time and you have to actually like associate that, you know, good that's actually behind this pain versus or mm -hmm. that pain that's behind the good feeling so that we can associate like love and hate for things that are actually good and bad for us. So yeah. I, I thought that was a great takeaway. This is a very good point, because one way to think about advancement in Dean is you're trying to calibrate yourself mm -hmm. according to what Allah likes and dislikes. Yeah. Beautiful. Excellent. Anything else? Uh, I want to give Eamon his flowers for a great performance. I don't think he said anything besides very and true. So. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Very yes. true. Very true. True. Yeah. Alrighty, then uh, no other thoughts, reflections. Let us stop right here, inshallah. Subhanakallahumma bihamdika nashadu wa la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk. Let me make sure we are good for next week, inshallah. I'm pretty sure we are, but let me just double check. Now that we're back in person, inshallah, I will not be missing appointments as easily as I was before. Yep, we should be good for January 30th, inshallah. All right, Melatel, we'll bless you all, inshallah. Good seeing you all again. Amen. We will continue. What's up, Melatel? Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum.